What's up, family? All right, how we doing? Well, it's good to see you guys. I was waiting on the other light. It's good to see you guys. So uh, I want to honor mothers as well. So come on, let's honor our mothers today. Amen. Um, I really believe this, that the, the mothers carry such a mantle with prayer. Um, there's such an honor that God has given them. Uh, women are so pivotal in the kingdom. You see them absolutely being instrumental when it came to Jesus even getting to the cross. It's so incredible. And uh, I love the fact that God chose a woman and how he would actually manifest himself as a baby. And then the first person when Jesus was resurrected, he showed up to a woman. Come on, let's give it up for the ladies in the house. Yeah. But we, we celebrate the moms today. And I know for me, my mom has been so instrumental in my life. Um, I derailed in my life uh, in my 20s, actually my late teens and my 20s. And my mom did quite a few things. One of the things that she did was my mom continued to believe in me. Amen. I mean, regard, there, was no, there was no reason to believe. And my, my mom continued to believe in me. She continued to see things in me that I couldn't see inside of myself. And just her, her love, you know what I mean? Just her love is the reason why I'm here today. So I'm so grateful. And I know all the other moms, um, you have impacted your kids beyond what you know. So we love you. And we celebrate you today. So thank you so much. Yeah, come on. Let's give it up for moms again. So we have a cool gift for you. We got a cool photo booth outside. And Pastor Ben will talk a little bit more about that at the end. But what I want to do is I want to jump into our part two of our series today. And we're talking about God encounters. And the reason I came up with this, this thought process is as I was praying prior to Jesus uh, prior to the resurrection Sunday a few weeks ago, uh, the Lord just ministered to me. After I resurrected, I showed up to people. I showed up. And I felt like the Lord wanted me to begin to talk about that because he wants to show up in your life. He wants to show up in your life. And um, one of the things we talked about last week is that when God shows up and you encounter him, he marks you. Something happens in your life where you are a completely different human being. All right, there's this phrase that's used, um, or actually it actually happened when people came from Europe in boats. They would burn the boat, and they burnt the boat, meaning that there's not a plan B here. We're here to stay. And, and this is what happens when you encounter God. You, you burn the boat. You're like, this is the only path for me. I'm not going another direction. Do you hear what I'm saying? And God wants to do this. He wants to show up in your life. He wants to encounter you. He wants to mark you. He wants to do something so significant in your life that you cannot hold it inside of you. Right. Yeah. Let me say it another way. All of us, to a degree, we're timid sometimes with sharing our faith. All right? Talking to a new person, coworker, family member, whatever. When God shows up and encounters you and it marks you, it removes a lot of that fear and it puts something in you. It changes you, all right? Where there's a whole different stream of boldness. There's a different stream of courage. And really, to be honest, it's already there. It's just when you encounter him, it kind of like brings it all the way to the surface. Are you with me? So today we're going to jump into um, a, a couple cool stories. I want to focus on one. Um, but before we do that, let's, let's uh, go to our, our text that we covered last week. It's in Isaiah 
64. Get your notes out. I know everyone loves to take great notes, right? And you don't just keep them in your Bible, you know what I mean, throughout the week and you forget and you come back to church on Sunday you're like, oh snap, I didn't go over them. We don't do that, right? Y'all go over your notes today, don't you? Or y'all just go home, take a nap, maybe eat some extra food. All right. All right. So get your notes out. Take some notes. And um, I believe God's going to bless us today. So Isaiah 64, verse 1, it says, Oh, that you would rend the heavens, that you would rip the heavens open. It's a very violent word in the original language, that you would come down, that the mountains might shake at your presence. The mountains in this passage is talking about us. All right, the mountains represents people groups, and this is a very powerful scripture when it talks about how God's heart is for him to actually leave heaven, though he's inside of us. Scripture says this is the mystery of all mysteries, how God can be in you, how God can be in the room with us, and how God can be in heaven. But the encounters that God wants to do, he wants to rip the heavens open. He wants to walk inside of your space and radically change you. So what I want to do is I want to continue to build up your expectation. Do you hear what I'm saying? The more we begin to talk about this, it's going to build up an expectation on the inside of you. And let me say it another way. You're going to be, um, your, your ears are going to be like, you know, sticking out. Your neck's going to be sticking out. You're going to be listening, expecting. Or let me say it another way. When something does happen, I won't dismiss it as a circumstance. I just, that's not God. Do you hear what I'm saying? So this is what happened this last past week, all right? At City of God, we had our first encounter session with baptisms. And uh, come on. So we had 15 people that actually made a decision to get baptized last Wednesday at our revival nights. Come on, let's give it up for them. And this is a definitive way to encounter God, all right, is when you take steps toward him, like getting water baptized, God meets you in that water. There were some people that made a decision for Jesus, and they were getting water baptism according to scripture, and there were some people that wanted to get in the water to meet God. I know Marcus didn't fit. I knew I should have turned around. Marcus didn't fit. Like we could have had two tubs and he wouldn't have fit. Two tubs, yeah. <laughs> Praise God. AJ got baptized. Gabe. So this is an experience right here. Gabe got hit inside of the water. I mean, by the presence of God. All right? So many cool stories. That's our man on the drums right there. Presto. Yeah. And then we had a double baptism. And this is why it's dark, because it got late. Come on. Yeah. That's Pastor Ben and Shelby. Yeah, so cool. So I wanted to honor them and show you because even we as a family, we celebrate people that take steps. But those were um, not just people going in the water, um, coming out. Uh, absolutely, you're, you're identifying with the death and resurrection of Jesus. But they were encountering God in those moments. Are you with me? And I believe that, you know, God orchestrated for us to do all that and touch different people's hearts so that that could happen even inside of this season right here. So God wants you to take steps, all right? And one of the steps that God asked you to take, and we talked about this last week, when Moses was at the burning bush, he saw a bush. He saw the bush burning, but the, bur the, the bush wasn't burned up. And this is what he says. He says, 
Let me turn aside and see this great sight. It sounds kind of funny, to be honest. Let me turn aside and see this great sight. I mean, like, there's a bush on fire and it's not burning up. You'd almost be like, that's weird. What's going on here? But it's teaching us a principle that God's asking us inside of this season, all right, to make sure that we're ready to turn aside when God's actually calling us. Let me give a practical example of this. Last week, we focused on the culture of prayer. Let's say that you just get a very small impression. Hey, why don't you stay up with me tonight? Just a thought comes to your head. Hey, why don't you stay up with me tonight? It's not your spouse, okay? And you just, you get this impression. Hey, why don't you stay up with me tonight? And the Lord is asking you to turn aside so that he can meet you. Do you hear what I'm saying? So God's not hard if we miss it. He'll say it again. But this is what I'm talking about. I'm wanting to build your expectations so that your ears are open, so that your neck is leaning out, so that you're expecting for God to begin to move on your heart, all right, to move on your mind so that you can turn aside and something radical can happen inside of your life. Are you with me? Listen, we need more than just good preaching, and we need more than just some worship. We have to encounter the living God. Do you hear what I'm saying? There was 12 dudes, all right, that walked around with Jesus, and they were willing to die physically. Why is that? After the resurrection, they were hiding in a room. They were all hiding, but Jesus walked through the wall, and they encountered the resurrected Christ, and they were willing to die physically. Something happened. Like, for you to be willing to die physically, you got to be marked. Do you hear what I'm saying? And God's not asking you to die physically, but he is asking you to die to yourself. And this is what happens when he marks you and you encounter him. Something great happens. You begin to live for something else other than myself. Y'all good? All right, I'm going to try not to get you mad. So let me talk to you about this dude named Gideon, all right? You ever stayed in a hotel before and you got the little Gideon Bibles, you know what I mean, in the drawers? I think that's cool as all get out, all right? So you got a Bible in there, you know? um, Someone puts the Word of God inside of a place like that and it's got Gideon on it. And it stemmed from this. It stemmed from the fact that uh, God shows up and encounters this man named Gideon and and there's this radical encounter. Let's, Let's read the passage for a minute. It's in Judges Chapter 6, verses 11 through 14, it says, Now the angel of the Lord came and sat up under the terebinth tree, which was in Ophrah, not Oprah, Ophrah, which belonged to Joash, the Abizrite, while his son Gideon threshed wheat in the winepress. So he's threshing wheat in the wrong spot. And it says, in order to hide it from the Midianites. The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. What's very funny is that Gideon's hiding... He's hiding, and he's got a good reason to hide. He's hiding, and as he's hiding, God shows up, and God doesn't say, hey, dude, you're operating in fear. You don't trust me. He shows up, and he says, you mighty man of valor. We we got to pause on this for a minute. God never looks at you based on deficiencies. When we look in the mirror, we see the blemishes. When we look in the mirror, we're like, man, I wish I was fill in the blank. Do you hear what I'm saying? When God shows up and encounters you, all he talks about is the greatness that he sees in you. This is why it's so important for us to walk inside of a God encounter. But watch this, that we continue to walk in God encounters. 
This is the heart of God. So God shows up and he says, the Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Gideon said, oh, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why has this happened to us? Where are all his miracles which our fathers told us about, saying, did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Then the Lord turned to him and said, go in this might of yours. You shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? So what has happened in this process is um, the children of Israel were in a place called Egypt. and They were in bondage and God delivered the entire nation out of Egypt. This miraculous way where he parts the Red Sea, takes them through the Red Sea. All right. Pharaoh's army's coming. The water closes over them. But the goal of God was not just to get them delivered. Let me say this another way. The goal of God is not just to get you saved and going to heaven. That was salvation. They were delivered from Egypt, from the world, brought through baptism. But God says, no, I got so much more. He goes, I got a promised land for you. So you have a promised land for you, and it's called your inheritance in Christ. That means everything that Jesus got on that cross for, it was not just to get you to heaven. If it was, then we would just accept Jesus and we could just fly away. No, there's an inheritance. He paid with his blood and his pain for so much. And that inheritance goes to your account the moment you accept him as your Lord and Savior. This is your promised land. Are you with me? So God brought them from Egypt through the Red Sea and brought them into a place where he says was the best that he could find. And he's God. Scripture says in Ezekiel 20, verse 6, he raised his hand in an earth and he says, I gave you the glory of all the lands in the earth. He brings them into the promised land. And as he brings them into the promised land, this is actually where we find this story. Whoa, 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 what, what, what you mean? So we have God's kids living in the promised land, but they're being oppressed by the Midianites. How in the world? Did you not call us to conquer? God told Joshua when they were on the outskirts of the promised land, every place you put your foot, my son, I have given you. That's the same thing he says to us. Every place that you want to put your foot inside of this, I've already given it to you. Are you with me? If I don't put my foot inside of this, what happens? Instead of me conquering, then I could be on this side of heaven and being conquered. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Listen, God has benefits for us, but one of the greatest benefits that we have is just to live inside of this radical place of strength, intimacy with God in here. This world here as we walk in a place of greatness in here, it changes the world around us. It's interesting, the Midianites and what their name means, because this is a prophetic picture for the church today. The Midianites, their, main, their name means strife. What, what, what do you mean, Pastor Howard? Let's say it another way. Their name means fighting. Oh, all I got to do is do this right here. Let me check out Fox News, CNN. They always fighting. They look like they're about to throw punches. Or Instagram, Facebook. There's always what going on? Is it fighting? Is it strife? Now listen, there's nothing wrong with these platforms. But watch what happens. The enemy begins to use external platforms to begin to bring division on the inside of us. Do you hear what I'm saying? It's a ploy of the enemy. If I give myself to too much attention to fighting, then what happens is that gets inside of me, and then I begin to have, like, this attitude of, 
No, no, no. Let me show you my two cents. And I'm not understanding what spirit I'm operating by. Now, Jesus warned the apostles one day, and this is what he said to them. He says, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of Herod. What was he talking about? He's talking about two spirits that operate inside of the earth, a political spirit and a religious spirit. And they both are very divisive and they fight and they bite. They fight and they bite. And you can always see it. Do you hear what I'm saying? And you see this played out inside of the world. Now listen to me. This in and of itself is not evil. All right? I get on social media. I don't really watch the news too much because it's kind of comical to me. All right? My opinion. Um, But it's when I'm not inside of a place to where this is guarded that that begins to get inside of me. And it begins to play out inside of my relationships. I can be in the midst of all that Jesus Christ paid for. But not actually enjoying it. Are y'all with me? Are we connecting the dots? The same as God's kids were in the promised land. But the Midianites were oppressing them. God looked at Gideon and he said. You're a mighty man. Even in the midst of this. And I've called you. And I want to use you, not only to help yourself and your family, but to help all of Israel. Can I say this to you? Can I be so bold? God's looking for another Gideon that can help begin to crack the code of what's going on inside of this strife that we see inside of the earth. Do you hear what I mean? All the fighting. So he just needs somebody. Somebody who'll say, I'll do this, Lord. I will guard my heart. That's one of the first biggest keys is I'm going to guard my heart against fighting and strife. Proverbs chapter 4, it should be up on the screen, all right? Proverbs 4, 20 through 23, it says, my son, attend to my words. That means put the word of God first place. It says, incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let it depart from your eyes. Keep it in the midst of your heart. It says the word of God is life to those who find them and health. To all their flesh. Then it says this right here. It says, guard your heart. The translation I got up there says, keep your heart. But other translations says, guard your heart with all diligence. It's not talking about this organ. It's talking about the real you on the inside. That we have to guard it with such a place of diligence because things are vibing to get inside. All right. Now look, the text actually shows us how you do it. It's what I put before my eyes, what I put before my ears. What I got inside of my mouth is actually what's going to get inside of the place where God says, out of this flows everything. Like, is there anybody in here that doesn't have a challenging relationship? Because if you do, you can't be around anybody. You see what I'm saying? It's, It's impossible not to have a challenging relationship. Do you hear what I'm saying? We can have great friends, but we're going to have challenging relationships. But what I'm saying is that sometimes... All right, we're letting things get inside of us and it begins to bring this argumentative and inside of that. I'm not walking inside of a place where I got peace with my relationships. The greatest gift that God gives us, the greatest gift outside of salvation is people. It's not things. Yeah, you get a new ride, that thing don't have that new car smell, but for so long. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, in a hot second, it's already depreciated so much. You're just like, you know, all things really fast, they just go away. But a relationship 
A relationship can get stronger and sweeter, can get so much more intimate and so much more impactful, and you enjoy so much more. But watch this. Sometimes I can take myself away because of some of the external things that's going on around me, and it's causing a division within me. I might not even realize it. So this is what we always do, right? We got to be careful of our words, all right? We got that up there? Our words, maybe not. We got our words, all right? It's so important because your words, what it says in the book of James chapter 3, it says your words are like this. Your words like a, a rudder on a boat, and it's like the bridle for a horse. Like your words will begin to direct you where you want to go. That's what it says. It'll direct you where you want to go. So do you want to go inside of greater relationships? Do you want to have a deeper place of intimacy, not just with your spouse, but with people around you? Do you hear what I'm saying? So let me pause for a minute because I, I, I feel like it feels a little heavy in here, okay? Guys, listen to me. Maybe one of the greatest encounters you'll ever experience in your life is going to happen through a relationship. It might not be Jesus walking through the wall, though he wants to walk through the wall to you, all right? But it's going to happen through relationships. There's a lot of times that God's speaking so far in advance to us because God wants to meet us. If y'all looking up here for a minute, God wants to meet us at the drum cage. But God's speaking to me here because I'm beginning to veer off. And God wants me to walk in a greater place of relationships because it's inside of this that he's actually going to meet me here through relationships. Are you with me? You guys good? Y'all seem like y'all mad at me. I know this is not as fun as last week. All right? But this precedes greatness. Okay? And what I mean by that is repentance. Lord, my bad. I was not. That, that's all repentance is. Repentance is not, oh, God, crying. I mean, it is that. You know what I mean? You can, you can do that. But repentance really is a change of mind. It's changing my mind. Not just my direction, but changing my mind, which will change my direction. It's changing my thinking. I've been thinking in this direction, and I'm going to change it. And that's true repentance, which begins to actually move me in another direction. So I want to do something different. I want to pause for a minute. Bow your heads. Just bow your heads for a moment. I'm going to pray for you. So, Lord, right now, I just ask right now that you touch our hearts. If there's something going on right now that you feel strife about, fighting about, someone you're angry at or something like that, you ask the Lord, Lord, forgive me. Release them. You don't have to hold it against them any longer. And you release them of that. All right? And Lord, I just thank you for what you're doing right now, that we just released healing inside of every life right now, that even inside of that, you will encounter your people. You will encounter your sons. You will encounter your daughters. And you will do something incredible. In Jesus' name. Come on, let's give it up for the Lord. Come on. Amen. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's my amen corner over there. So the Lord just did an audible for me. All right? I told uh, uh, Pastor Ben about this. Um, that wasn't playing inside of my message. And I, and I feel like there's times like that. Um, even in ministry, that these are encounters. Listen, an encounter doesn't mean that you have to feel something. All right? Do you hear what I'm saying? An encounter doesn't mean you have to feel something. An encounter can be, I'm taking a step. 
I'm taking a step and I'm going to meet you. And God could do something radical on the inside. And who knows what's next, right? Yeah. And if we don't take a step, guess what happened? Nothing's happening. But if we take a step, then something's happening. All right. So I want to focus as we wrap up the message. I want to focus on a story um, in the book of Daniel. And to me, it's so crazy. All right. This, this, this story is just crazy to me. And um, I believe it will minister to us because it is an encounter with a group of people, a group of men. But it is also an encounter, listen to me, that invites the world to see. And it changes. It changes a group of people. So let me say this another way. I believe this. I believe that it is our responsibility to walk inside of God encounters. Because as we do that, the world gets to encounter Jesus through us. Like we have a responsibility to the world for Jesus to be encountered through us. Do you hear what I'm saying? All right. So let me, uh, let me read the text and then I'll come back and maybe give a little backstory. So it's Daniel chapter 3 and I'll read verses um, 19 through 25. i tell you what, let me just give the backstory because it'll make more sense. So um, Nebuchadnezzar is like a, he's a bad dude, all right? Ain't nothing nice about Neb. And he's the, uh, he's the king of Babylon, all right? So Neb makes a nine-foot gold statue. He got some money, right? He got some money. He is the most powerful man on the planet. The most powerful, okay? Now, America is, you know, said to be the most powerful country on the earth. So we have a president who could be that person, but not like this. Like this man over the whole earth is the most powerful person, and he's wicked, he's evil, he's mean, and he don't play. Okay? So he creates this nine-foot gold statue, and he says, everybody, when we get our worship on, when we play our, our harps, and they got all types of stuff they're doing, he says, you got to get down on your face, and you have to worship my God. All right? So that's the backdrop behind it. Y'all with me? There's actually a little bit more, and I'll share as we go in this narrative. So Daniel 3, 19 through 25. So Neb was full of fury. He was hot. And it says, and the expression on his face changed toward Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Imagine naming your kids that. Right? Moms, y'all wouldn't do that, right? So he spoke and commanded that they heat the furnace seven times more than it was usually heated. And he commanded certain mighty men of valor who were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. Let me pause for a minute because I don't have a part in here that's important. So what happened is that basically some dudes went and told on them, all right? <laughs> you know, so when you do something good for the kingdom, all right, the enemy's always going to get ticked off. And he's going to use, listen to me, he's going to use people, all right, to bother you, to get up under your skin. So he was using people, all right, to begin to come against these men for standing up for God because what they said was, we're not going to bow down to this, and word got back to the king, okay? It says, these men were bound in their coats, their trousers, their turbans, and their other garments. Um, it's very key that God puts all this imagery here. They were cast into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's command was urgent and the furnace exceedingly hot, the flame of the fire, it was so hot that it killed the men, it killed those mighty men of the army of Nebuchadnezzar who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It's pretty crazy, huh? Let me pause for a minute again. Could you imagine? Could you imagine if you're standing at a point of life and death and someone's saying, deny your faith? 
we read these stories, right? We read these stories, and sometimes we're like reading them like, yeah, it's a great story, like Daniel in the lion's den. I mean, like they threw him in the lion's den with a bunch of lions. Could y'all imagine at the zoo, like going there with all the lions? No, for real. Like if you don't say that Jesus is not your Lord and Savior, we're going to put you down there with the lions. No, you're not. Then bloop, there you go. You know, these guys were actually standing in front of this fire that's so hot with all those clothes on, and they're saying, no, you got to bow to our God, not your God. It's a big deal, okay? It says, these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down, bound in the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Then the king, Nebuchadnezzar, was astonished. He rose in haste and spoke, saying to his counselors, did we not cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said to the king, true, O king. Look, he answered, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt. The form of the fourth one is like the Son of God. I would say that's an encounter. Is that an encounter that you would be willing to go through? Let's keep it real. I wouldn't. I'm keeping it real. Man, that fire's hot. Where's that gold statue at? Y'all would do the same thing. Y'all quit lying up there being all spiritual. Y'all be like, where's that statue at? Play the music. <laughs> them other dudes get burned up too and you got that turban on, all them clothes on. I'd be trying to take them off or something. Man, you'd be like, just tell me what to say. I'll bow how many times? That's crazy. No, it is. It's crazy. We learn so much from these guys, all right? What's crazy is that this, this scene, if you go back and read the chapter, I encourage you, read the chapter today. This was not just a normal scene. Like every government official was called from all around. They defied the king with all of his most important people. The king was so hot. Like they had already made a decision. This ain't happening. We're going to represent. Do you hear what I'm saying? In regardless of what they saw, they had already made a decision on the inside. Uh-uh. No matter what. Yeah, no matter what. You ever see, you ever see the Rocky movies? <laughs> Old school. Rocky Three, Apollo Creed fighting that Russian dude. They're going to throw in the towel. He says, no matter what, don't you ever throw in the towel on me. Like, no matter what, never throw in the towel. Thank you, Alan. Thank you. So this story is incredible, but not only did they encounter God, but watch this. Everybody, all of those people, those high-ranking officials in all the kingdom of Babylon, including the king, they saw this encounter. The king goes on to make a declaration that this God is the most high God and he honors their God, and something happens with him, something happens with everybody around because of something that these men did. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? So there's a principle that they operate in when you go back to chapter 1, okay? In chapter 1, you got Daniel and these three guys, and in chapter 1, it says this about them. It says they purposed in their heart not to defile themselves. I'm going to say it another way. They made a decision inside of their heart. 
We only live for God. That's it. They made that resolve on the inside. Seriously, you ought to go back and read it because anybody want to be smarter? I'm, okay, we got a couple. All right. Anybody want to have more money? Anybody want to have more money? Look at y'all. Man, y'all go back and read. I'll tell you. It says they purposed in their heart not to defile themselves. And it says God made them ten times smarter than anybody in the Babylonian kingdom. Do you hear what I'm saying? There's a benefit when I make this decision in my heart to walk before God. God created you. All right? God can gift you. God can do things for you that will lift you up. And this is what he did for Daniel and these three guys. They were lifted to a place of prominence inside of this kingdom. But they still said, though we're lifted up, we don't bow. We live only for our God and that's it. So there's this principle, listen to me, there's this principle called separation. All right? It's this kind of this fancy word in the Bible called consecration, but what it is, it means separation. That means on the inside, I make a decision, I only live for him. From the very beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, Genesis chapter 1, in verse 2 and 3, I think it's 3, in verse 3, it says, when God saw light and God saw darkness, God separated it. And from the very beginning, God began to establish this principle of living in a place for him and him alone. And you see, throughout the Bible, anybody who made this decision, God always lifted them very high. And God did unique things to them and through them. Amen. So when you deal with this concept of consecration and separation, the church gets really flaky and they get really weird. And they say, you know, you can't do this, you can't do that, don't touch this, don't step over here. And all these things. That's not what consecration is. It is a decision inside of your heart. That I live only for him. And then from that decision, do you see what I'm saying? God begins to open our eyes to show you how special you are. And then all my decisions after that, they are generated from that decision, that direction. God calls you holy. That don't mean we're weird. That means you're special. You don't, you know, if you got some brand new kicks on or something, you're not out mowing the grass in them. Do you hear what I'm saying? You treat them differently than you do the ones you mow grass in. When you have this perspective on the inside, you think differently about you. You know you're special. So you treat you differently. Come on, I'm preaching way better than you helping me. You treat yourself differently. It's not a bunch of rules. Do you hear what I'm saying? But you operate inside of this law right here. Between darkness and light. And it's not being weird because God wants you in the middle of darkness. Jesus hung out in the middle of darkness. But he had made that decision of separation. I only live for my king, my God. Are y'all with me? This becomes to open up the heavens. All right. When it comes to God coming down and encountering you. But not only encountering you, watch this, guys, but encountering through you. This happened with me this week. I had a moment with God where God radically touched my life. And then I went to Walmart because I like to go to Walmart, walk around. And I saw this precious man. I walked through and he had his hand like this. With a, he had his hand like this with a, a brace on it. And he was holding it like this. 
I walked around. He was grabbing his eggs, and he had his, must have been his grandson with him. And when I walked up, listen to me, the encounter that I had with God where God touched me in my personal life, as I walked up to him, I just felt right there by the eggs the presence of God. And I said, hey, man, what happened to your arm? Like my voice changed, um, my demeanor changed, and it just brought him inside of a place. He was so tender. I was able to pray for him, watch him begin to move his hand. But watch this. The greatest impact came with his grandson named Quincy. His grandson Quincy was tripped out. Man, thank you so much. Do you hear what I'm saying? But the encounter put me in a place where God could touch another person's life and another person was impacted. Like something was released inside of that young man that's going to change his life. Do you hear what I'm saying? Like this is the life that God wants us to live. You guys good? They're going to kill me. I'm out of time. They're going to they gonna throw me in the fire, the burning fiery furnace. I got three points. I'm not going to go through the, the scripture references just for time. But these three guys, because of the separation that they chose to walk inside of, all right, they lived in a place of devotion toward God. They lived in this radical place of devotion, all right? They had made a decision. We don't bow. We love God. God showed up and protected them when it didn't make any sense, but God encountered also a bunch of people as well. They had a radical faith, okay? They had a radical, tangible, living faith. Every one of us want this. And watch this. Every one of us already have this. You have that inside of you right now, okay? But when I begin to create that separation on the inside and I say, this is my decision, Lord, my faith now becomes animated. My faith becomes different. All right. And scripture talks about this. It talks about different levels of faith and your faith becomes animated. It becomes way more extrovert and not introvert. Are you with me? So they had this radical undying faith. And the last thing is, is that they chose to persevere. I mean, when the dudes are getting burned up, the, the mighty men, right? At some point, you're like, hey, you know what? We did make a decision, but them dudes just got burned up, and they're not even in the fire yet. They, they, they had this perseverance, but this comes from this decision that we make. This decision to choose. Listen to me, church, to choose to be separated unto him. You're separated unto him. You're special. You're holy. Okay? This invites, listen to me, this invites an encounter. This invites intimacy with God. This invites a closeness that all of us desire. Okay? So I want you to stand with me. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Hey, guys, listen, if you came in this room today, if you came in this room today and you do not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, 
Hey, let's keep it real, okay? If you lay your head on the pillow at night and you don't know if you're going to heaven, this is between you and Jesus, all right? We are absolutely in control of our destiny through a decision that we make, and it is a decision to accept Jesus in our heart. You can know today, you can know today as you lay your head on the pillow that heaven is my home. If you don't know that today, I'm not going to call you up here, but I'm going to ask you to pray, okay? So if that's you and you don't know, I want you to raise your hand with me. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Come on. And I'm going to ask our entire church family to pray this prayer with me out loud, okay? Jesus, come into my heart and save me. I repent of my sin. I choose you as my Savior. Help me walk this journey. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's celebrate.